Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Give us a shout-out on Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. Hi! Hello. Hi. Hello! All these medical questions coming in had me noticing some similarities between our hosts and our listeners' concerns. So I thought I'd give my reads this week a bit of a theme. <laughs> so without further ado, we have Thomas, who just like chlamydia, spreads easy and everyone's had at least once. <laughs> uh, Luke's like syphilis in the way that prolonged exposure will drive you crazy. Yeah. So we asked him to stay home this week. Yeah. <laughs> we have Mike who's just like gonorrhea in the way that people don't realize he's there most of the time. (laughs) And me, Kyle, the sweet, sweet sigh of relief when your test results come back with the all clear. Hi, guys. Hello, Kyle. How are you? I love you all. (laughs) And, uh, of course, we are very excited to welcome back to the show Dr. George Forgan-Smith. Thank you for joining us again, Dr. George. I am more than gay identifying. I am (laughs) really gay. (laughs) To quote Panty Bliss, I am really good at it. So, yeah. (laughs) An expert. (laughs) Well, we've asked our listeners to send us questions for you to answer today that they may not feel comfortable talking about in real life. Yeah, but there's creams for that. It's all good. good. Let's get started, shall we? (laughs) The first submission was an anonymous one and they said, Hi, Dr. George. I was diagnosed HIV positive earlier this month at the Melbourne Sexual Health Clinic and I was given a list of specialists to see, but I feel frozen trying to make a decision on which specialist to see. And I'm unsure about which ART medication to ask for, which is, of course, antiretroviral medication. My regular GP is away and I'm also slightly anxious about being consistent with medical adherence. Does it matter which specialist I see or the medication I go on? Okay, really interesting question. And there's lots of little bits and bobs within there. So, Mm -hmm. let's slowly unpackage that one. So, Mm. thank you very much for sharing your status. You you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Being out there and getting tested, because that's really, really important, is knowing your status is the most important thing. So, there's no rush. You don't have to do anything. When people are starting on HIV treatment, the most important thing is that you have to be ready for it. And Mm -hmm. I don't ever want anybody to rush. And the reason I don't want that is because when you start the medicine, it's important to be able to continue with the medicine. Okay. Okay. So, 
With the ARTs or antiretroviral treatments, what they do is that they stop HIV from being able to replicate within the body. Mm-hmm. That's great because what that means is that in most people, you can get what's called a non-detectable mm-hmm. viral load. Yeah. That actually means that all of the inflammation that HIV causes is mm-hmm. greatly reduced. There's a huge, huge, huge health benefit for the people that you love and for the people mm-hmm. that you may love only for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. That also means that if you have a non-detectable viral load, you cannot transmit HIV. We now have two really good studies that clearly, clearly demonstrate this. Undetectable is untransmissible, Mm -hmm. undeniably. So there are huge benefits to being on treatment. However, when you start treatment, if you come off treatment, that can mean that the HIV virus can start replicating again. Okay. You have to be emotionally ready to be to able to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. I would have thought that the most urgent thing was to get on some yeah. medication. Yeah. But so there's really... no actual time limit. Sure. No. That, well, there okay. is. Yeah. There yeah. is. It's a tricky little virus, right? Mm. The way that it survives is that it incorporates itself into the DNA of cells and enables to make copies of itself because HIV by itself can't make copies. It mm, needs okay. to use the T cell to make copies of itself. Right. So it incorporates into the DNA. The longer a person isn't on treatment, the more copies of the HIV that go into the DNA. Right. And that is what's called the latent pool of HIV. So the sooner you get on treatment, the less pool there is. Yeah, okay. That's an important thing. But again, if you go on medicines, off medicines, on medicines, off medicines, that's not good either. So Mm -hmm. you're better off to feel confident and to feel strong, Mm -hmm. which brings up the point of the doctor. Yeah, It's a team effort, right? You're going to get to know them and they're going to get to know you. So it's important that you have a doctor that you're happy with. Somebody that you can have open and clear conversations with as well, because say, for example, there are some HIV treatments that you can't take ecstasy with, or Mm. there are some drugs that just do not play nicely with some treatment. So it's very, very important you're able to have an open conversation with your doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be seeing them every week, but mm-hmm. you are going to be seeing them maybe two or three times a year. Initially, it might be a few more appointments, but once you get into the rhythm of the things, once your viral load is undetectable, you're sweet. It's a very manageable condition. It's a condition that people are better off to not be with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not perfect as well. Because, like, within the HIV industry, there's a lot of people who want want you to say, oh, it's great, it's manageable, I just take one tablet a day and everything's rosy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is for some people, but yeah. it's not for everybody, right? I interviewed Panty Bliss recently, and she said that there were people who wanted her to lie and say that everything was rosy, but it's not. It's mm, not yeah. perfect. So have a good relationship with your doctor. And if your doctor's away for a little while, do some research. Mm-hmm. Talk to some people. Join a group like TIM, T-I-M, the Institute of Many. Oh, yes, yeah. Which is based out of, well, it was started here in Victoria. Nick Hollis has done an amazing job with that. And it's such a great resource for people living with HIV. And, you know, I was so, so thrilled to see them marching in the parade this year. Yeah. It was 
beautiful. It was just, oh, really adore them. So join Tim. My HIV positive patients get a lot of value of being part of that group. So when it comes to choosing a medicine, the most important thing is knowing the particular strain of HIV that you have been infected with. That can take a few weeks to get results back, Mm -hmm. but that's important because we need to know whether the medicines you are going on are going to be effective treatments. Because if there's resistance, there's no point going on that. You're you're beating a dead horse. You're better off being on a drug that's going to do the job correctly. That's really interesting. I didn't didn't, know that there were different strains strains. of HIV. Yeah, 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 absolutely. See, this is an important thing because when, when it comes to PrEP, Worldwide, there have been a handful of people who have become infected with HIV while being on PrEP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of those was because the person was infected with a strain of HIV that was resistant to both of the drugs in PrEP. Right. It's really, really important that you know the genetic makeup of that particular strain Mm -hmm. of HIV so we can attack it the most efficient way possible. Mm -hmm. And be honest about your lifestyle. If your life is a bit chaotic, if you really struggle to take a tablet every day, it's hard to do. Most people never finish their antibiotics, mm. right? If you struggle with that, you're better off being on a drug that's got what's called a high barrier to resistance. So that's what drugs like dolutegavir, which is a new drug. Well, it's not a new drug, but the WHO said last year that this is a very, very important drug. It and Truvada are very, very important drugs, and it's now considered to be offered as a first-line treatment because if you miss an occasional tablet, it's unlikely that you will develop resistance. And for anybody who has to take a daily tablet, set a routine. Find something you do every day Mm -hmm. and attach taking a tablet to it. I always do my prep with brushing my teeth. Yep. And then I know that it's done. clever. Yep. Yeah. When you take your tea, well, when you take, when you put your teeth, when you put your teeth, when you put your teeth, when you when you get your dentures in, yeah, yeah. Um, there are apps for your phone that you can set. You can set alarms. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you can do. But when you're ready, mm. we are there for you. Mm-hmm. We will help people get the right medicine for them because the drugs are so much better than they used to be. Like mm. I've spoken to oh, people. Oh, the stories are huge. Yeah. Yeah, Panty was saying that she, on diagnosis, was taking 38 tablets a day. Wow. And now, for many people, it's a single tablet. Yeah. And just, sorry, to go back to the undetectable viral loads, is that a fairly achievable thing for most people with HIV? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. right. Okay. I expect all of my patients, when I'm initiating them on HIV treatment, to have an undetectable viral load within three months. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. I expect their viral load to be halved within a month. And it is my goal to have somebody at a non-detectable viral load by three months. Fantastic. Yeah. So our next question comes from another anonymous. They say, I am 19 years old and my very few sexual experiences so far have only been hookups. In each of these experiences, I have had to fake an orgasm, even though the sex was good and lengthy and I found my partner very attractive. In contrast, I find it very easy to achieve orgasm when masturbating, sometimes too easy. Do you know why this would be the case for me and how to tackle it? So, to answer that question, we need to go back to caveman times. Okay. Oh. Okay. Tom's experience. So, <laughs> Thank you. I uh, know. It's fight versus flight. Okay. okay. So, when you're being chased by a lion, mm-hmm. your body is in flight mode. So, mm-hmm. the blood gets drained away from the non-essential organs, okay. and that's the gut and the penis and stuff, and move to the legs, to the eyes, to the ears, so you can hear, see, and run away fast. Mm-hmm. When you're running away from a lion, you don't need to be able to ejaculate. No. You just need to be able (laughs) to get the heck out. 
I didn't ejaculate the first time I had sex, but man, I was good at it by yeah. myself. Yeah, because, because I was relaxed, well, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah, it's you're not stressful. About it. The first yeah, few times you have tense. sex, yeah, yeah. Mm. it is a biological function, and the more you relax into it, the more you have fun. Yeah, you're fine, and maybe some of the people that you hook up with, you'll get to know better and have another session. And it's always the second or third session are way more fun oh, than absolutely. the first yeah. session. Yeah, first times are like never great. First ones testing the water. Yeah. It's very yeah. like yeah. Yeah. okay. It's just like yeah. inspecting like. Like what you got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just finding out what's on the shelves in the store. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you may be surprised what's hidden behind those cornflakes. That's it. Um, we have another question. Uh, this one, not from Anonymous. This one's from Edward. He says, the official advice to those using PrEP is to keep using condoms. Because while PrEP protects you against HIV, it won't protect you against other STIs. But condoms will only protect against the STIs if you're practicing anal sex on its own. Sometimes health advice states that we should use condoms for oral sex, gloves for fingering, and dental dams for rimming. That advice is unrealistic and frankly ludicrous. Do you think the official advice is overstated and failing to account for the reality of sexual practice? Okay, so, well, yeah, okay, the Australian PrEP guidelines are quite clear that they say that we do recommend Mm -hmm. that people continue to use condoms because they reduce the incidence of STIs, sexually transmitted infections. It didn't say it eliminates them. Yeah. Gonorrhea in the throat is easily transmitted through kissing. Mm -hmm. We know that syphilis can be transmitted through skin-to-skin contact and not all skin is covered with a condom. Chlamydia, oh, well, chlamydia is just chlamydia, really. It's (laughs) part of catching a dram in Melbourne, really. Oh, wow. Look, we're doctors, right? Mm -hmm. These recommendations were written by doctors. Of course, we want to reduce the incidences of STIs. We are also very, very realistic, and we understand that not all sex acts are going to involve Mm -hmm. a condom. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I think the key is recommend condoms to reduce incidence, but the most important thing is get a sexual health screening every three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sure. the key is know your status. Yeah. And that's just not HIV. That's knowing your sexual health status as well. So as I say, every day, if you're sexually active, you should get a full sexual health screening every year. Mm-hmm. If you've had more than 10 sexual partners in less than six months, every six months, or if you're particularly successful or on prep every three mm-hmm. Some of my friends in America actually get tested every month. I think that's kind of overkill. And I've got better things to do than get every (laughs) orifice It's like, oh, it's you again. (laughs) Well, it'll pay off a Porsche, but seriously. um, Especially in America. Yeah, it's expensive. The other thing is just know the symptoms to Mm -hmm. look out for as Mm -hmm. well. And one is that, you know, if you've got pus coming out of your penis, there's a good chance there might be something there. It's not good. (laughs) And currently in Melbourne, like, we're seeing a rise in mycoplasma genitalium, which is a really annoying STI because it looks like chlamydia, it acts like chlamydia, except it's really tricky to treat so if you've gone to a doctor and you've had treatment for chlamydia or gonorrhea the test came back negative and you've still got symptoms really important that you talk with the doctor and say can you please test me for mg and is it the normal symptoms well yeah it can be burning and stinging when you pee a bit of discharge from the penis but if you've got it in your bum you may have no symptoms at all okay Uh, yeah huh So we've got one more anon question here. It says, Hi, Doctor. Do you think both partners in an open relationship should be taking PrEP? Is it okay just for the bottom to be on it? And how do I best approach the conversation about PrEP with my partner, who is older and sometimes has a closed mind and uses the word dirty when I say I want to go on it? Okay. So the answer is yes. Both people should be on that. You're Mm -hmm. in control of your own sexual health. Yeah. Don't put your sexual health into the hands of other people. Mm -hmm. You want to be on PrEP? Take PrEP. 
your partner wants to be in control of their sexual health, then they should consider taking PrEP as well. Mm -hmm. But don't depend on it because isn't the whole idea of being in an open relationship is both people can have sex with whoever they damn well like, right? Sex happens in all sorts of ways. And I recommend that everybody needs to consider their own level of risk. And if you feel that you're at a risk of acquiring HIV, then get on to PrEP. We have a drug that we know that it's more than 99% effective at reducing the risk of HIV. Condoms is 70%. Mm -hmm. Guess Mm. where my money's going? It's on PrEP. So they need to they need to say that and yeah. say, look, this is an opportunity and I love you and I don't want you to be at risk of HIV and I don't want to be at risk of HIV and I'm sure you don't want me to be at risk of HIV, so let's protect each other. Yeah. With my partner, when I learned the data, and that was probably five or six years ago, I just went home and said, we're going on PrEP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going on this drug. Here's the information. And if you would like to go on it as well, I will facilitate you getting on this drug. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it was just revolutionary. Yeah. So you you would suggest perhaps going in with some statistics and that sort of thing. Go and, in, yeah. get the data, get the information. I wrote a website to make it easier for people, isprepforme.com. Have a look at that. Over 50 questions, commonly asked questions from how do I take a tablet every day? What are the side effects? All the way through to if I'm part of a gangbang and there's a positive load in somebody's ass, is the next person who fucks them going to get HIV? I answered all of those questions. And if there isn't an answer for a question that you have, send it to me and I'll happily answer that question. Look, there are people who worry about, I don't want to take a tablet every day. I understand that. And that's why the sweet Lord above (laughs) invented intermittent prep. Mm -hmm. So if you are having only occasional risks for HIV, you don't have to take prep every day. You can take it only when you need it. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to do that. It's called intermittent prep. And there's some many good online resources for that as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, but you still need to be taking it prior to. Yeah. Otherwise it becomes prep, For intermittent yeah. prep, you need to... Basically, it's two tablets, two to 24 hours before you're planning on having sex. If you have sex, then you take one tablet every day mm-hmm. until you're 48 hours free of sex. Okay. Oh, wow. I yeah. know that. Great. Oh, yeah, wow. works great. Alrighty, so our next question comes from Chris. Is it normal to have low libido compared to what seems to be normal in society? I feel distanced from the community because I'm not as sexually active. Chris, dude, it's okay, man. Look, let's face it, a lot of activity within the gay community is based around hooking up and sex, right? Saunas Mm -hmm. are there for a reason. Bars are there for a reason, but if you don't have the sex drive of a 15-year-old hornbag or a, or a, yeah. a pseudo-porn star, yeah. that's totally normal, that's right? It. It's mm-hmm. actually There's a huge variation, and there's so many other things to do within the gay community. Like, I'm part mm-hmm. of a queer stitch and bitch group, which I just love. <laughs> stitch and, and bitch. I don't want to have sex with any people in the- Well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> I, I do. Hey. I do, but I don't think he likes- I don't- Yeah. Anyway. Well, if he's yeah. listening the to- The brand of sex oh, that he's like isn't, isn't going to work on yeah, me. Okay. Should we explain what a stitch and bitch <laughs> It's a knitting group, but yes. it's not just knitting. It's knitting and crochet and cross-stitch. And cool. we just all get together once a fortnight and we do our craft together. Yeah. And it's really, Love really that. fun, right? So there's lots of gay things to do. I was only talking with a patient about this today. I said, he's really into opera. Mm. And he said, but there's no gay opera groups. And I said, well, bloody make one. Yeah. Get up there and make a damn. Get Be a group of five it. people together, bring your favorite DVDs together and watch your favorite scenes from operas. But if you are genuinely concerned that your sex drive or libido is non-existent or anything like that, talk with your doctor. There are reasons for that. It could be there's hormone imbalances. There could be thyroid dysfunction, low testosterone. Mm. 
low libido is an indicator that some things could be going on. So get it checked out. If it worries you, talk with your doctor. Okay. There is also, as I'm discovering as I'm going into my early 30s, I think a lot of people don't realize that your libido does fluctuate as well. Yeah, when, yeah. And I've had you know several months of saunas every weekend and then months of <laughs> yeah, yeah. not even wanting a wank. Yeah, I think uh, everyone goes yeah. through like yeah. phases of just yeah. like... Yeah. But yeah, I think when that first started, when I first had my like dip in libido, I was a little mm-hmm. bit concerned about it. Like, what's wrong? Yeah, then realize <laughs> it just comes and goes, you know. Remember and that sometimes depression, people come and go. <laughs> and anxiety yes, can, can really also, affect yeah. libido. And it can go in two ways. You can either go hypersexual or you can go, oh, I couldn't be asked. I, I had depression really bad many years ago and I don't think I had sex for a year. Wow. Yeah. I just, it was like, no, not happening. So yeah. that was the same with me when I was in the depths of my anxiety. There were mm. like months where it was every single night I was hooking up with someone and yep. then for like, I think it was 18 months, I didn't have sex Nothing. with a single person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like mental health definitely plays Jeez. into it for sure. Yeah. We have another anonymous question. I'm a bottom, but I'm struggling with anal fissures and hemorrhoids. They're super embarrassing, and the anal fissure bleeds every time I have anal sex. Do you have any tips for effective treatment as well as prevention? Absolutely. Bums are like mus- <laughs> well, they are muscular tubes, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So get ye your butt plug. Oh, get oh really? Ye- oh. But not just any butt plug, right? Oh it God. has to be a tapered butt plug. So okay. that goes from a very narrow tip yeah. to a a little bit wider tip, but the anus has two muscles. It's got mm-hmm. an external muscle. That's the one that you can mm-hmm. control. Yeah. When you're busting to go to the toilet, that's the one that's going to save clenched. your pants, right? <laughs> then you've yeah. got the internal sphincter, which you do not have control over. Okay. But if you gently massage it, mm-hmm. it will open. But if you start banging things against it, uh-huh. it will clamp shut. Yeah, right? right. And so, one of the biggest reasons for fissures is not enough time to allow both muscles yeah. to relax. Mm-hmm. This is where the butt plug comes in because it enables you to get used to the sensations, mm-hmm. learn the sensations, and as you relax, everything will open up nicely. Right. The other thing is that when you've got fissures, get it treated, and dilatation helps with that. So, that's again the plug. But remember right, yeah. that an asshole is a bunched up little squidgy looking thing. So, yeah. that's why stretching it out uh, helps because right. it helps bring the edge. So it can heal yeah. back together. Is there how long would that something like that take to heal? Like, a, is sometimes it a long time? they can take a long time, yeah. and very, very rarely. If you've got a muscle that just isn't going to heal, mm-hmm. sometimes they might put a little injection of Botox in there oh, to right. relax okay. that oh. that section of the muscle, oh. and that will People allow get it anything to heal. done these days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want a fresh looking butt. Yeah. And the other thing is, there's creams like Rectogesic, yeah. Proctocetal, Preparation H. Mm-hmm. They actually help bring blood into the area, allowing oh. them to heal as well but i think the biggest way to prevent fissures and hemorrhoids is one don't strain to do a poo so Mm -hmm. your poo should be the consistency of toothpaste so eat your fruit eat your veg drink lots of water if you aren't able to keep that up then consider a fiber supplement Mm -hmm. anal sex is actually really good but gentle lots of lube take your time Mm -hmm. yeah rushed bang jobs is probably where so would you also say more foreplay then as well yeah Yeah, absolutely and trim your nails tops like Trim your yeah, nails. Trim yeah. nails. Be a yeah. good top. Oh. Be a bad um, that's top. That's a good question. Yeah, like amyl. Is like, that's why people use amyl, right? Well, amyl nitrate will relax a lot of those muscles. It's yeah. absolutely true. But I don't want people to get to a point where they're dependent yeah, on no, amyl to be able it. to have yeah. sex. Mm-hmm. The amount yeah, of bottoms yeah. that go, have you got amyl? It's like, well, now, hang on. I'm not running a freaking amyl shop here, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I basically am. My other drawer is like 20 <laughs> bottles. Out, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I've Lord, never used it. You'll never be short of bottles. If the only way that you can open up a sphincter is through amyl nitrate then you need to review the way that you're having sex and maybe consider now I know I'm going to get slammed and I (laughs) apologise for this but there are many ways
ways to open a sphincter and AML is just one of them. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Good well, food. the next question <laughs> for you, Dr. George, is from Alex. It says, hi, Dr. George. I'm hoping to start medical school next year, uh, but I'm worried about how my sexuality will be perceived in the medical industry. As a gay man, how did you find moving through medical school as a junior doctor and then onto your senior training? Did you experience any setbacks you could attribute to your sexuality? And is there a culture of LGBT plus practitioners hiding their sexuality? Oh, look, absolutely. It, medicine's an old boys club. It's a mm-hmm. guild. Right. We, are yes. a, <laughs> we are a guild, right? As comes with guilds, there's a lot of old men who have beliefs in the way right. that it should be. And look, I, I never hid the fact that I was gay. I, I went through medical school in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Or was it mm-hmm. 90s? Oh, anyway, back then. Something. <laughs> yeah. It was 80s. And are we talking in Victoria? No, I actually did it in Queensland. In Queensland. Okay, um, yeah. And I come with, like, Forgan Smith's are known in Queensland because of the medical school and a, a few other things. My right. dad was a doctor there as well. But it was a well-known fact that I was a known homosexual. Mm. Did it have setbacks? Maybe. If, if there was, it wasn't. They weren't necessarily obvious to me. But mm. you do get homophobia. There's this unrealistic beliefs that somehow you know shit. I had a consultant throw a chart at me in the emergency department saying, well, you'll know about this because you're gay. And I looked at it and I said, well, what's this? And I looked and it was a child had been burned with the liquid that you use to stick on acrylic nails. Are you kidding me? And I just turned around and said, why the hell would I know about that? You've got fake nails. I don't. You do the chart. And I handed it back to her because it was like, don't be so damn freaking rude. (laughs) That's so Um, bad. You may get handballed patients because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with the gay patients, so they may handball you. I'm cool with that because I don't want that doctor seeing that patient. Yeah, yeah, it's better for that. Have patients ever refused to see you because of your sexuality? Maybe. I don't know. If they've seen my videos and they don't like me, they don't come. Yeah, It's great. It's the world's best (laughs) exclusion device. And I teach doctors this. I said, make videos because guess when a patient decides they're going to sue their doctor? In the first seven seconds from walking to the waiting room into the room. That's when they decide. If something goes pear-shaped, I'm going to sue the doctor. So, if that first seven seconds happens to be a video, if somebody doesn't want to go and see my faggot ass, great. Don't come. I don't want to meet you. Goodbye. So, yeah, there are pluses and there are minuses. There are homophobia in every workplace. And look, to be honest, head down, get your fellowship and get the hell out Mm -hmm. and then do whatever you want. But there are some gigs that homophobia is rampant. Um, That's unfortunate. But there are some gigs that sexism is rampant. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine what it would be like to go through medical school as a trans person. Queensland has an amazing GP who is trans. And I'm sure every state has amazing GPs who are trans. All people can be great doctors. Mm -hmm. It's pattern recognition and common sense. That's the main structure of medicine. Mm -hmm. And if you're a good person and if you're a kind person, you will be a good doctor and people will know that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like it's advanced as much as society has since the 80s and 90s? Or do you think it's sort of stuck a bit behind? It's an equal opportunity employer, right? And unfortunately- But culturally. Yeah, culturally. People who would be awesome doctors may not have the opportunity to become doctors because of where they live or because Mm -hmm. they they lack the money or they don't have the opportunity. Back in the day, you used to be able to go to university for free. And that must have brought some amazing people into medicine. But now, you know, you have to pay. So people- who would re- 
real like I want more indigenous doctors. Mm, I yeah. want mm-hmm. more people from diverse groups so we can bring all of that wonderful diversity into medicine. It is getting better. Mm-hmm. It is getting better and there are great people who are doing really really great things and I have to say that the homophobic doctors are a minority. Mm-hmm. Remember there was that bloody doctors against gay marriage thing that oh, was, was based oh, out of Perth. Yeah. And let's not forget that the Deputy Commissioner of Psychiatry yeah. in Victoria was one of the people who signed that. Yeah, so, right. be aware. And if you meet a doctor who is homophobic, one, don't go back. Yeah. And two, let other people know that you had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we want to promote people who are caring and supportive of our community. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you for that insight, Dr. George. So our next question comes from another anonymous person. They ask, I've been prescribed Viagra by my doctor to help with the intermittent imbalance in my sex drive between my partner and I. It's bloody brilliant for my mental health and the sex is great. Do you think Viagra is a good option for couples that need help in that area? And is there any issue with long-term use? Okay, well, for the people who aren't aware of what Viagra is, Viagra mm-hmm. is the brand name for a drug, Sildenafil, which helps people get erections. It helps you make yeah. it easier to gain mm-hmm. an erection and easier to maintain an erection. There's a number of drugs that can do that, right? So Viagra is not the only okay. cab in the rank. Mm-hmm. It's a treatment for erections. It's not a treatment for mental health. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are anxious and that makes it difficult, because remember we talked earlier about fight versus yeah. flight. Yeah. If you're anxious, it's really difficult to get an erection. So it can help with that. It can help okay. with getting over the hump. Will Viagra help relationship problems? No. It will Mm. just help you get an erection. And if an erection is the reason that you're fighting, then you need to work out a couple of things within Mm. the relationship. Should all couples have access to Viagra? I think everybody who wants Viagra should have access to it. The people who shouldn't have access to Viagra are people who will have bad effects from it. So Viagra Mm -hmm. was originally designed as a blood pressure lowering drug. So it can make the blood pressure drop. In particular, if you use it with amyl nitrate Mm -hmm. and with some HIV drugs, it can make blood pressure drop really quickly and that can be dangerous. Um, Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know about the amyl nitrate and Viagra thing. Yeah. I only recently no. found out about it um, yeah. after a friend had a bad experience with it, but it's it's a big no-no, isn't it? It can, yeah. The two of them together don't play nicely. Yeah. Okay. And so I do recommend that... Because sometimes people yeah. going to like sex parties and stuff will go mm. on Viagra to stay hard for the whole party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there'll be yeah. lots of them being passed around. I don't think a lot of people yeah. realise that that's a bad means. And inadvertently, and I, I've resuscitated people in dark rooms well, who well, fainted. Out. And fainting's probably the the best outcome the mm. worst outcome is a heart attack mm, okay. so it's important that you understand that it is a drug and that they all play nicely together so again 
don't buy it online. Talk with your doctor. If you're getting an, a Viagra script, you should also be getting your blood pressure checked okay. and make sure that that's all okay. Viagra has side effects. It can give you headaches. It can give you a blocked nose. Okay. So I think, again, relaxation and comfort between you mm. and your sexual partners and you'll find that erections come easier. And remember, there's lots of ways to have sex that doesn't necessarily involve penetration. Yeah, yeah. that's it. We have another anonymous question. Hi, Dr. George. What advice would you give to someone who is keen to explore sex on site venues for the first time from both a mental and sexual health perspective? Eat your carrots. Those places are really <laughs> those places are really dark. But so also eat because your you carrots. want to have like toothpaste. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Fiber, fiber, fiber. Well, understand why they exist. Mm-hmm. A sex on premise venue enables you to have sex with one or as many people as you wish, right? Here's how sex on premise venues work. Everybody has a fantasy in their head about what they want to have sex with, right? And then you look around the room and you find the person who looks closest to that and you have sex with them. Yeah. You are projecting your sexual fantasies onto another person. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the exchange. There's nothing wrong with that. It can be a healthy outlet and a great way to meet people, a great way to have sex. However, if you are turning up and if you have expectations that can't be met. So, if you're expecting to meet your next husband there, you may meet your <laughs> yeah. next husband there, but you may not. Yeah. And the other thing is that, remember, it is a semi-anonymous kind of state. Mm-hmm. It's not really, it's not so anonymous for me because people seem to know who I am. Yeah. And I have, <laughs> like distinct, I have distinctive yeah. ink. I I'm not hard to, to meet. <laughs> Some people can be really rude assholes. Yeah. Yeah, Some people sure. can be horrible in there. Oh, really? I thought everyone would be very welcoming. I, I don't have... No. No, I mean, no, sorry, not not at all, but (laughs) no, not everybody. Okay. No, and there are some people who will be there who are on substances Mm. who are really horrible. They're just like, nah. Or they'll just... So, they're just very, like, abrasive and abrupt, like, no, no. Yeah. Um, look, in extreme cases, I've seen people that have sort of trying to start fights and have started fights really? and had to be removed from, oh, from mm. the That'd venue. very, like, But that's not fight. all the time, either. No. Yeah. Yeah. My rule for sex on premise venues is be polite when you say no and be mm. enthusiastic when you say yes. Okay. And be smiley. If you're the miserable person yeah, you're yeah. moaning <laughs> in the corner, then there's, like, nobody's going to want to have sex with you. Like, oh, oh, no, but don't the crying guy in the corner. It's like, dude, yeah. go oh, home. Yeah, yeah. If you're tired, if you're grumpy, if it's just not happening for you. And yeah. sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, you don't have whatever it is the people in the room want. So, Jeez. you know. Don't stress about it. Yeah, yeah. but put your, put your wares Have a ham and there. cheese toasty. <laughs> yeah, they show movies. I would also say, I don't know your advice, but I would also say from my own experience, it's always good if you have a friend that has been before that it's probably good for the first time at least to go with a friend uh, absolutely um, if, you, yeah. if you've got that connection and I suppose the other thing is if stuff's not happening that you don't like don't be afraid to say yeah, yeah. it's all good Pull I'm out. just yeah. going to have a rest yeah. Yeah. Or is, is a great out or yeah. okay. hey you know what this has been fun but I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to move on and yeah. don't f- if somebody says they're going home and they don't don't feel bad it's yeah. just yeah. they didn't know what to say and yeah. don't hold it against them yeah. like oh you said you were going to go and 27 hours later you're still here it's like yeah. well <laughs> and also Staff, the staff are your friends, and yes, if someone's sick or if someone's pestering you or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. The staff are pretty well trained at, okay. at, at oh, well, all the venues I've been to, at least in Australia, yeah. um, at sorting that sort of shit out. So, yeah, talk right. to them huh. about it. Yeah. And I think have clear boundaries about what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. And yeah. like I, I've been in the, the steam room where people just treat you like the middle aisle at Aldi. It's like there's <laughs> oh my God. finger and grab and oh it's God. just like, calm yeah. down, ladies. You know, oh. you'll still get your discounts. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh. you know, like a well-fingered lettuce in the plastic bag. It's like, calm down. It's like, you will. 
we'll have fun. And sometimes yeah. it's about learning to read as well mm-hmm. because not everything's spoken. So mm-hmm. read body language. If somebody's- Is it if it's really dark though? Aren't they, are they dark? Bits of it are. Bits of it are, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, some people like that. I kind of like to know which body part I'm about to bump into. (laughs) But, but, you know, eye contact is good. Mm -hmm. Hand signals are generally, you know, if somebody's hand is moving towards their groin while they're smiling at you, that's a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if they're, at the same time, if they're looking away. Not like on the tram. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, Well, it's uh, worked for me. I mean, it could be a compliment, I guess. When I was younger and prettier, (laughs) trams was an open option. So, yeah, learn to read body language. And if somebody's frowning at you and and not making advances, the chances are the answer's no. Yeah. And for the love of God, people, use soap. Use <laughs> soap. Yeah. Not only does smelling fresh get you more oh sex, God. unless, the, you know, there's some clubs in New York where they do like man funk. Uh, right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with smelling fresh. You can develop your own man funk over yeah. time. The other thing is that it kills bugs. Good, healthy doses of soap and water kill shigella. Okay. Yeah. And there's a bit of shigella going around Melbourne at the moment. What shigella? Shigella is a bug that's spread from poo to mouth. And you only need 20 little particles of Shigella bug to get into your system and you can get a really bad infection. Really? If you're working in health or if you're working in hospo, if you get Shigella, you are banned from working until you are clear. If you have diarrhea, no matter how exciting that party is that you bought it, you know, (laughs) that you had to get up at 3 a.m. to buy the ticket for... If you've got diarrhea, don't go to the damn party. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> stay at home. Don't share the goodness of Shigella. It sucks. Oh, God. And, you know, I, I unfortunately got Shigella many years ago, and I wasn't allowed to work for a month. Wow. wow. And that was really hard for my patients. It was really hard for me yeah. as well. Yeah. There's only so much Sudoku your man can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, talking about Shigella, our next question is from an anonymous person. They ask, is rimming safe when you have mouth ulcers? Besides an STI, am I at higher risk of getting an infection? Also, is poop safe to eat? Oh my God. Um, Why? It's generally not Ooh. recommended. Okay. Yeah. When you're going up and down the aisles of Coles, there isn't a poop section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So For our specials um, today. To, to oh, quote Jesus. that Ugandan minister. The oh, eat the poo oh, oh, my God, the yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. I generally, as a rule, do not recommend eating poo-poo. Oh, God. It's a great way of getting Shigella. It's a great way of getting Hep A as well. Mm-hmm. All oh, gay really? men should be vaccinated for Hep A. I am. Unfortunately, I am. yeah. Well, so you should be. If you've walked past Melbourne Sexual Health, you will get vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You walk past my office, (laughs) you will get vaccinated. So, for people that are into sort of scat play and that sort of stuff, is there anything that they do to sort of make it somewhat safer? So, interestingly, Laboratory, which is a large, world-famous sex club in Berlin, right? Mm -hmm. They have nights for everyone, including Mm -hmm. scat. And they had a massive hep A outbreak and they actually stopped the scat night. And instead, they held vaccination clinics. So, good on them for being being socially responsible. So, yeah. Is rimming safe if you've got ulcers on your lips? Now, I would like to know what that ulcer is. Because if you've got a herpes sore on your Mm. lip, then you could be sharing that herpes sore with somebody else's butthole. Right, yeah. And that's not a very nice thing to do. How you make friends. Who wants to share that around? No. No. (laughs) But feces has bacteria in it. If you've got sores on your lips, then bacteria could get into those sores and cause problems and worse infections in the skin. So that's not ideal. We don't like fecal contamination in wounds. Yeah. So if you've got a an ulcer on your lip, I probably wouldn't rim. I know that that butthole could be squeaky clean. And like rimming is fun, but yeah. I'm a squeaky clean kind of guy. Some, yeah. I know that some people like it a bit funky. 
Yeah, it goes into the same category of eating poo. I've, yeah, I've yeah. got to kind of put my doc- doctor hat here and say, mm, pas pour moi. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. <me>. yeah. <laughs> I have my own question. I was recently asked if I wanted to be part of a study about whether I use Listerine after oral sex mm. because oh. they're apparently doing research into yep. does that kill STIs in the throat. Mm. Is that something that you've read about and what's happening with yeah, that Yeah, no, sort of there stuff? was an interesting study and I think it, the initial study was probably released two or three years ago. Mm. Melbourne Social Health is doing a lot of research. Mm, like, yeah. good on I know, them. I feel like I'm filling out surveys the whole time I'm there, but I'm happy to because it's free. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, rock on, right? But we know that Listerine, alcohol-based Listerine, yeah. reduces the amount of bacteria in the back of the throat and that includes STIs mm. and in particular gonorrhea. It's not a treatment for gonorrhea, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think if you've just had a penis inside your throat... A bit of Listerine will reduce any bacteria that could be there. Reducing the amount of bacteria in the throat will reduce the chance of of an infection. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody wants to be minty fresh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Have a bottle of Listerine on hand at the uh, sauna there. There was a a sauna in in Chicago that actually, at the water fountain, it had a a Listerine button as well. Listerine button. They must have gone through a lot of Listerine. Yeah. Man. A tank full of Listerine. Oh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the day. You know how you get the condoms in the bowls at the gay bars? Yeah. yeah. Those, little, those little travel bottles of oh Listerine. Oh, perfect. Wow. Do you reckon so we could talk to the owners of one of the venues and say, could we change the peanuts for little little Cold samples <laughs> of, of <laughs> Listerine? Now, we've got another question from an anonymous caller. I'm a gay male who's been in a fully committed relationship with another male for a year. And while I love him more than anything, we haven't ever clicked sexually. When we try, I usually top. I've tried to bottom for him, but it's painful and he's on the larger end of the scale dick-wise. He ends up losing his erection and we fight about it. He's bottomed for me a couple of times, but I don't know if he liked it. And nothing has been attempted for about six months, so I feel very insecure about it all. How do we communicate about our sexual preferences without arguing? You don't have to argue. That's yeah. a cho- arguing is a choice. You don't have to argue. You can have a conversation and not scream at each other. It's actually easier than you think. And I, I suppose the point is, talk about you. Don't mm. talk about the other person. Say, hey, you know what? I really enjoy fucking. I love being a top. But you know what? My butthole, it just, it's not open to, like, I don't, mm. like, once every six months I'll bottom. And then my partner goes, why do you do that? Because you just whine about it afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> by talking about you and talking about your experience and not blaming anybody, mm. then that opens the opportunity for the partner to say something as well. Like, they might go, well, you know what? I really like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then... Treat it like a card game and then go, well, you know, I love giving a gobby. And the other person goes, well, I love the way you give head. So, Mm -hmm. that opens up another opportunity to have sex or find non-penetrative sex options like massage and all sorts of stuff. So, some people will have scarring around their anus. Mm -hmm. We've just gone through a horrible, horrible experience with the George Pell and blah, 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 blah. There are people who have had unwanted sexual experiences when they were younger. So that may be triggering for them. So they don't want to have sex that way. And it's important that we're able to listen. If somebody says, look, I really don't like that, be open to it Mm -hmm. and understand that and go, okay, well, I understand that. Is there anything that I can do to help you feel more comfortable? Or Quite often when couples have these like patterns of fighting over a specific topic, though, it can sort of just fall every time they try to discuss something, fall into a routine. So Mm. do you think there's like techniques that you can do going into the conversation, like Mm. writing down things you like about the sex with that person and things that you want to work on? Well, yeah, you could try the, you know, the world famous compliment sandwich. Um, (laughs) You know, I really like it when you touch my inner thigh. Yeah. I don't always like getting anal penetrated, but I do love when you suck me off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There you go. There's a compliment sandwich to take that to the bank. Um, 
it's about, you know, reading the other person and mm. saying, oh, it's clear that they don't like that conversation. Say, look, we're going to say a few things. It might be a little bit awkward and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. I actually want things to be better. If you're worried that you can't do that, then maybe talk yeah. with a counsellor. Consider them life coaching. Don't consider psychology head shrinking. Consider mm-hmm. it life coaching. And, you know, the amount of great stuff that you can learn about ways to talk about that. There's a really interesting doctor called Dr. Robert Glover. He's based out of Seattle, I think. He's heterosexual, but he wrote a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy, where he talks about the unspoken contracts that men create. Like, I was really nice to you, therefore you have to cook dinner. Or I bought you an expensive Mm. ring, therefore I have access to your ass. And men do it all the time. And gay men do it equally as much as heterosexual men as well. And what that book teaches you is to learn what you have to be able to sit down with yourself and go, what do I want? What don't I want? And then be able to share that experience. And I teach that in BDSM all the time. Ask for what you want. Say what you don't want. Negotiate differences. Have an offer. Have something that you are willing to give. Have something that you want to get in return for that gift and then be able to negotiate that Mm. with your people. I think a lot of people could learn a lot from BDSM, not just about hitting people, but the negotiation that happens as part of it. Mm -hmm. Another question from Anonymous. What options are available for a foreskin when it's too tight? Mine peels back when soft, but not at all when hard. I've considered getting it stretched or operated on. What should I do? Well, okay. The extreme treatment would be circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, we know that the foreskin has an important role in the penis. It's when you're having penetrative sex, that section of skin moves with the shaft. So, foreskins have a role. And some of them looked so darn cute. (laughs) Declaring a big foreskin fan here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Circumcision is a very dramatic treatment for what is called phimosis or a foreskin that doesn't fully retract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a problem in that it can be difficult to clean underneath the foreskin that doesn't retract at all. Or if you're erect and the foreskin retracts over the back of the head and stops blood from being able to come back out of the head, that's a problem. So the treatment for that... You can use a cold compress, gently squeeze the head of the penis gently Mm -hmm. down, 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 down for about a minute or so. And then that should remove enough blood from Mm -hmm. the head of the penis to be able to pull the foreskin back. You know, emergency treatment. And if it's not going down, go to the hospital. Now, for people with that sort of middle ground, you can use some steroid creams that thin the skin of the penis and then gentle stretch. Like if you can get the tip of your finger into the foreskin, Mm -hmm. you can massage that every day in the shower and gently, gently stretch it. The trick is gentle because if you go too hard, like stretching Mm. an earlobe, if you stretch too hard, you'll develop scar tissue and then that's a bad outcome. And there is also balloons that you can get. If you just look up foreskin scratching balloon on Google, you can put it inside the foreskin and gently fill it with air. And that gives a very gentle stretch to the foreskin. And if you do that every day for a couple of months, you'll find that the foreskin gently, gently stretches. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah that's a that. really good product, yeah. but it's not very well known. And the steroid cream is just what you can buy at the chemist, yeah. You can, you can get like 1% hydrocortisone cream at the chemist, mm-hmm. and sometimes you might need a little bit stronger than mm-hmm. that. But what the steroid cream does, it sort of loosens up any connective tissue because the, the opening of the foreskin has a little, tiny little band, and that is where the the main tightness is. So, it's the bit that kind of keeps the foreskin Mm -hmm. closed when it's over the head of the penis. So, sometimes if it's tight, you can gently stretch it a bit. Yeah, right. And then, depending on the degree of the tightness of the foreskin, Mm. there is different options as to what kind of circumcision you get as well, isn't there? They can do sort of like a, is it called a dorsal? There's the dorsal slit, but ultimately, they don't 
And uh, I don't think cosmetically they look really good. The dorsal right. slit uh-huh. circumcision, you end up with this weird kind of Mickey Mouse looking penis. Right. Because oh, they keep what? most of the foreskin there. Oh. Right. Whereas... Okay. I have no idea what I have. I know there are different types. But... Yeah. But generally, yeah. The, the main treatment like for a, a circumcision is that they cut off yeah, all the way around. Right. Yeah. Please, people, remember that a circumcision is a surgical treatment. Yeah. And for that reason, you need to see a surgeon. There are places in Melbourne that you can go to get a GP circumcision. I do not recommend what? it. Yeah. Get it done by a surgeon, perhaps even a urologist or a plastic surgeon if, mm-hmm. you've, if you've cashed up. But get it done by somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Like for kids these days, you won't be able to get a public circumcision unless no, there's mm-hmm. severe infection. But most hospitals will not do a circumcision mm. for even for religious reasons. Yeah. Wow. So, Which is fascinating compared to 30 years ago. Well, here's an interesting fact about circumcision. Do you know why a lot of Americans were circumcised versus the UK? No idea. Because in the UK, doctors were paid a salary. They got paid wow. whether they sat in the tea room or were working in a theatre. In America, doctors got paid per procedure. Right. So, ah, it was extra was money if they did a circumcision. Learning lots of new things today. Oh, I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, our next question is from another anonymous. They say, hi, Doc. How do I know if my balls are normal? The tubes seem really large. Okay. Well, there's lots of tubes on a testicle, and there's lots of great YouTube videos that teach you how to examine your testicles. All people should examine their testicles once a month. In the shower is the best time to do it, because it makes the scrotum nice and loose, and you can Mm -hmm. get in there and have a good feel of your testicles. So, testicles should be smooth. They should be round. They should be Mm pain-free. So, gently rubbing your thumb over the testicles. Get a feel for that. If you feel anything that's rough or bumpy on your testicle, get it checked out by a doctor. Around the back of the testicle is what's called the epididymis. So that is lots of little tubes that come out of the back of the testicles. I wish you could see my hands because I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. Doing, I'm doing them. little yeah. signals here. Sort of looks like that scene. We in need Ghost. to make a video <laughs> podcast just for me. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the tube that goes up. So that's the tube that takes semen away. But it also has the artery and it also has the veins. Mm-hmm. Some people can have quite thick, tortuous veins mm-hmm. on that the stalk. And some people can get what's the equivalent of a varicose vein of those. Oh, really? Um, they can be a little bit sore. So if you notice any lumps, bumps, pain or anything unusual in your testicles, just go in and see your doctor and mm-hmm. get them checked out. And okay. is there like a... I mean, obviously, it's probably good for everyone to be doing it. But is there like a sort of a certain age where it becomes more... Yeah, like teenagers. So 15 to, say, 35 is the main age group that we can pick up testicular cancers. But I picked up testicular cancer in 45-year-old people. Mm -hmm. So don't think just because you pass the age of 35 that you're out of the the window. Older people can get testicular cancer, but it's quite rare. It's a young man's disease. And in fact, testicular cancer, I think, is the number two killer of young men in Australia. Really? See, I actually, when I asked that question, I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, you need to start checking when you're around about 30, and then onwards, I didn't know. No, much younger. younger. We need to teach kids at high school to check their nuts. Yeah. Not just their penis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm going home and having a good inspection. Yeah, I'm going to go home and get to know. Good for you. Know your nuts. Get to know them. Because if you notice that something's changing, that's when you go and get checked. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. And very last question for the podcast, and thank you so much, Dr. George, because this has been fascinating for us. It's been fascinating for me as well, because I forget all of this stuff. Yeah, it's also interesting just to see what people yeah. don't want to yeah. ask. In it's a nice you know. change yeah. from a cough yeah. and a sniffle, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, this person says, I've been into sounding, uh, which we Ooh. did an episode Ooh. about a while ago, Ooh, and yeah. Kyle, you felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> but of course, sounding is um, the sexual purposes, um, insert instruments into your urethra or <laughs> so this person says I've been into sounding for occasional solo play for many years I've got proper metal sounds and I boil them and wipe over with alcohol wipes and use a sterile lubricant and a clean play space just before Christmas I got a pain which sort of felt like a heaviness in one of my balls and uh, went to the doctor where he diagnosed epidipimatis uh, a course of antibiotics cleared it up I didn't tell the doctor about the sounding because it didn't really occur to me at the time but do you think it could be related or is it just a coincidence well, the epididymis, remember we were talking about nuts before, the oh, yeah. little bits of tubes coming out oh, of yes. the back of the testicle, yeah. that's the epididymis. Okay. Right. right. So, if any mitis is generally inflammation, so right. epididymitis, inflammation of the epididymis. Right. That can be caused just because, it can also be caused by bacteria and most commonly gonorrhea, also by chlamydia. Okay. Uh-huh. Very common and you usually get a painful testicle and a big swollen testicle if that's mm-hmm. if that's kind of happening but sometimes if there's just like a little blood clot or something like that that can also cause inflammation in that area now this chap he says that he's done everything sterile so mm-hmm. that's great there's always a minor risk of introducing bacteria through sounding when you put anything inside your body there's always a chance that yeah. bacteria is going to come with it there's no guarantees in life most likely though is you would get infection or inflammation either in the urethra or in the prostate because mm. once you get through the urethra the next thing you hit is the prostate mm-hmm. so if you get infection or inflammation in the prostate that will cause quite a lot of discomfort as well it may just be coincidental in this case but with sounding i, I think go slow go easily yeah if you notice blood in your semen if you notice pain when you pee or if you notice blood in your urine get it checked out and again mm. it comes down to having a doctor that you feel comfortable to have that conversation with mm-hmm. a great way to find a doctor that way is look up kink friendly doctor Okay, insert yeah. your suburb here oh. um, and talk to people like you know go to local sex stores sex positive stores yeah. hey have you got any recommended doctors or have you got any recommended psychologists mm-hmm. and stuff like okay. that that's a really great way of finding people who are kind of groovy or you know doctors who may turn up on your podcast they can be yeah, awesome right. <laughs> um, and I must say that I, I'm very very grateful to you guys because one it's a good opportunity to give health information mm-hmm. in, in a way that's different and um, there are a few people who've come to see me as a result of this podcast oh, so great. thank you very much I'm very appreciative and- oh, we're very appreciative having you here I mean it's yeah. fascinating for us to hear what you have to say yeah. but also you know we talk about a lot of different topics on this yeah. podcast but they're more usually social things which we can have yeah. an opinion on yeah, yeah. there's no point in us giving an opinion yeah. on how to give medical advice oh, there's plenty of <laughs> Yeah, catch, any, catch any bus in town and they'll give you an opinion on check, stuff. But check Google. Yeah, yeah. Look at news.com. It's yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sure, okay. But I suppose the question is, like, how the bugs got there is kind of important, but kind of not important. Well, I guess you we always just need to you know hear what the stories about hospitals, which are incredibly yeah. sterile, still having uh, the occasional thing, something goes wrong. Absolutely. And, you know, so if you're doing it in your house, there's probably every chance that something could every now and then yeah, go yeah. wrong. Mm. There was a big concern. This is probably going back five or six years that of hep C transmission in fisting that we'll, people oh, weren't wow. sure about how this yeah. was. And what it came down to was that people were using the same tub of lube. Oh, right. And simple things, things that you wouldn't consider, that if you've got lube on your hand and you grabbed the chain of the sling and the next person came along and grabbed the chain of the sling that that was a way of transmitting it's sometimes you may not be as obvious as you as you think it is but Mm -hmm. i suppose the key point is if something's going wrong if you're not feeling right if you've got pain if you've got discomfort just 
go and get checked out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. George. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it's really thank good. You. I just love these sort of really <laughs> interesting. Chats. And these, this stuff yeah. makes me think. And it, I think it is very, very important that we uh, are proactive about our sexual mm. health and that we we look after our sexual health. And, and also yeah. to have open, non-judgmental conversations with people. Yeah. Sometimes you can sort of be... In- People are generally getting better at talking about mental health and that sort of thing mm. with friends, I think, generally in society. But I think a lot of this sort of stuff is still very taboo to talk about yeah. at yeah. brunch or yeah, sure. <laughs> in the smoking you area. You've got to go to the right brunch, I think. So, <laughs> so it's good to be able to have these sorts of chats with you. So thank oh you Oh, my so God. Much. You should see yeah. me and Dad having dinner. It's hilarious. <laughs> I feel sorry for anybody. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But cool. Now, where can people stay in touch with you? Well, um, I have a website called The Healthy Bear. I have a website called isprepforme.com. Um, if you need a, if you're worried about HIV, I'm now offering rapid HIV testing in Melbourne CBD Fantastic. as well. Cool. Um, you can get your your test and your result in 20 minutes, which I think is oh, great. Wow. Brilliant. Imagine yeah. like 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Mm. It's, it's so cool. But, and you've also got your YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Oh, I've got a YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm all over the shop. <laughs> just You can easily find me by typing in Gay Friendly GP Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. Or okay. my name, cool. Dr. George Forgan-Smith. So that's a wrap. Don't forget you can follow our socials um, at Gays Revolting Pod on Instagram and at Gays Revolting on Facebook. That's right. And of course, I'm just going to brag a little bit. Uh, just a little brag. My comedy, brag. Festival, <laughs> my comedy festival show is opening this Thursday. Yeah. It's a brand new show. Yeah. It's called Country Ladies. So it's myself, Carl Manal, and Scotty Brennan playing three old ladies who are running a country women's association meeting with the last remaining members of our branch. And we're trying to recruit new members from the oh audience. <laughs> it's running for the whole of Comedy oh, Festival. Oh, and I would love to see as many people there as possible yeah. comedyfestival.com today if you want to get a ticket it's at the Malthouse Theatre every night of the festival except yeah. Mondays it sounds like it's going to be amazing yeah. the little like, tidbits that you've given me I'm just like yeah. oh my god I'm actually so excited fun. to come and see fun, this yeah. but again thank you everyone for joining us this week and thank you Dr. George for coming in yeah. and we will see you all next week bye yeah. bye, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.